Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Therapy Chat Podcast, episode 267. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan. This week, I'm thrilled to be bringing you another conversation with a guest who was on Therapy Chat all the way back in 2018 in episode 159 when she talked about her book, Polyvagal Theory in Therapy. Today, Deb is back to talk to us again about polyvagal theory, and she explains this in more depth in a way that I think makes this complex theory very understandable and totally makes sense to me when I hear it and applies to my work with clients. So I hope that you will find this informative. Everybody's talking about polyvagal theory lately, and that is due in large part to Deb Dana's work. Of course, Dr. Stephen Porges is the founder of polyvagal theory, and he's brilliant. And Deb has done an amazing job of getting his information out to people who aren't as research oriented and may not understand the language that Dr. Porges uses when describing the theory. So very grateful to Deb for what she does. And I hope you will learn something. There will be a link to episode 159 in the show notes. Take care. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan. And today I am so fortunate and honored to be speaking again with a guest who I first uh, had on Therapy Chat back in 2018. In fact, episode 159, which was our first interview, aired just almost exactly two years ago today. So I'm really excited to be talking with my guest, Deb Dana. Deb, thanks so much for coming back to Therapy Chat today. Oh, I'm happy to be here. It was interesting. You said almost two years. It's amazing, isn't it? I know. I was pretty shocked when I realized it had been that long, actually. A lot's happened since those two years. Oh, my. That is so true. So 
I'm really, really excited to talk to you about your two most recent publications, which are, well, in terms of books anyway, um, the Polyvagal Flip Chart and Polyvagal Exercises for Safety and Connection. But before we even dive into that, can we just start off by you telling our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and at the moment, what I do is um, I do consultation, I teach workshops, I help my colleagues come into this polyvagal informed way of, of working. So my direct clinical practice has um, um, become almost none. I have a couple of clients left that um, we keep keep on keeping on, but mostly what I do now is <clears throat> teach and do consultation. So, and since uh, you and I talked last, I have temporarily relocated from Maine, which is my home, to um, outside of Chicago to be closer to family during this um, pandemic time that we're in. It, it was a, a moment when I really listened to my nervous system and recognized how drained I was being um, home in Maine um, on my own, my husband and I, and you know, having some health concerns and issues around that and really feeling, oh, my nervous system needs to be in contact with my daughter and son-in-law and grandkids. And so we've made that that move, which, um, again, is, is an interesting experience to follow your nervous system in, in these times. Yeah. And I hope we can talk about that, just how polyvagal theory kind of relates to what we're going through in our in our world and in the US right now. And but I just want to say before we even go into that, first of all, I think it's beautiful that you were able to see and understand what your nervous system needed and follow that. Yeah, I, I feel very fortunate to be able to do that. And um, I really felt we've been here now for hmm, about seven weeks. And I can feel myself coming back to life, feeling nourished again by um, by being in connection. And it's been a, a really powerful reminder to me that that we do need to listen, even though when we listen, we sometimes hear something that that feels very scary. So true, and that's what. And I think really during this pandemic, in particular. I feel that it has sort of forced me, um, can't say this is the same for everyone, but in my experience, it's forced me to really pay attention to what my nervous system is saying and honor it because the it was so strange for me when we made the decision to shift our, I own a group practice, so the whole group, we shifted in a day from working in person to working only virtually. And it's as if just making that change and, and deciding that I'm going to stay home for what we thought then would be two weeks. You know, my whole, it was as if the rug was pulled out from under me and my whole, in my mind, it's almost as if I was like running around in circles, screaming and just, you know, frantic. And it was pretty humbling to witness what it did to me just to have what, how I thought things were going to be and what I thought was normal so abruptly change in this sense of this threat outside that was, you know, so unknown and invisible. It was just, it really rocked my world. Yeah, and you are not alone in that. I think that's the common experience that, that the unpredictability and the unknown 
are cues of danger to our nervous system and then often prompt that response of moving out of connection into a state of protection. And I was sort of smiling here on my end when you're saying we thought it'd be for two weeks and here we are, I don't know how many months later, but you know, that we're, we're in this for the long haul, I think, you know, for a while. And so we're trying to figure out how do we find our way to safety in this in this time where so many cues of danger are, are coming at us all the time. Yeah, it's for me, it's been helpful to sort of anchor myself in what understanding I have of polyvagal theory, which I also want to say you have really been a driving force in helping Stephen Porges's theory be more understandable to the public and to clinical professionals. It's it's such a I'm trying to find the right words, but it's such a important contribution to our understanding. And I'm so grateful that you it's like you're a translator. I think I probably said this last time, but it's like he he figured this out and then you can put it into words and practices that make it really digestible because it's some really heady stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's a um thank you for that. That that touches touches me when, when you say that. It is my my passion and purpose to be a translator of Steve's brilliant work. It is a it is a brilliant, mm-hmm. elegant theory, polyvagal theory, and I think as we, it is deep. It is, um, and reading um, Steve's science can be um, challenging for for we clinicians, and so to to translate it and to bring it into ways that um, we can use in our office, we can use with with our clients that are easy. That are ways that we can then help our clients learn to become active operators of their own nervous systems mm-hmm. and to shape their systems towards safety and connection is is um, is really um, is my joy. So, thank you for for recognizing that. I appreciate that. Oh, you're very welcome. And it's just really just genuine and completely sincere. I think it would be a good idea if we could kind of begin our conversation with you giving maybe a little overview of polyvagal theory for people who are listening who really haven't even heard of it, or maybe they've just heard the phrase polyvagal theory, but they they don't get what it is. And I know you might remember a lot of our audience is clinicians, and and then probably about a third of people who listen are people who are just interested in learning more about psychology and mental health, so, but don't have a clinical background. So I think that would be a helpful starting point just to make sure everybody's on the same page as we're listening. Great. Let's do that. And, and I love that you have both um, a clinical audience and what I call curious human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, polyvagal theory is a theory of the autonomic nervous system. So it is something that, that every human being, I think, should should understand. It's It's the nervous system is at the heart of our daily experience. And so understanding how it works um, helps us understand how we're moving, how we're navigating through our days. And polyvagal theory, in the way that I um, teach it, has three organizing principles, hierarchy, neuroception, and co-regulation. And, you know, hierarchy is, is, you know, important for us to understand. It is the three states of the nervous system that we move in and out of every day, many, many times a day. The state that that helps us do what you and I are doing right now, be in connection and communicate and feel safe enough to to do this, is ventral. 
I call it the system of connection and communication, but it's the central system, central vagal. And then the second system, that's the newest system. The next oldest system is the sympathetic nervous system, which most of us know is fight and flight, right? We call it a system of mobilization because it brings us this energy to, to take action. And then the third system, which is the oldest part of our nervous system, is this dorsal vagal system, the system of collapse or shutdown or immobilization. And the energy drains from your system where you kind of go through the world not really having enough energy to care or be really there. And you might feel that as I'm talking because I can feel it as I'm just talking. Mm. So, you know, come come back to, let's come back to ventral for a moment and come back to that connection. This state of ventral is where we um, have access to a range of emotion um, and to, to a range of behaviors and a range of stories, right? This is where we're in this state of, of healthy homeostasis. Everything is working well. And even though the world that we're living in is, is filled with cues of danger, we can stay anchored in this place of, of safe enough so that I can move through the world in an organized way. And what we see in our world nowadays is, is that anchoring and ventral in that place is really challenging. Mm -hmm. We look at the news or we wander through our, our, our towns or even we look at our family members and we see people who are pulled into that sympathetic fight flight, that, that overwhelming, disorganized, chaotic energy that, that, that comes out as you know, anger or anxiety or some flavor of, of, of have to do something. And then the other place we see people are in, is in that dorsal despair, hopeless, give up. We're never going to get out of this, so I'm giving up. So, you know, we, we see the states come alive in, in our own system many times a day, and, and it's being vividly played out. On our TVs and, and in our in our communities, right? We see the states in in extremes. So that's that's hierarchy. And the other thing I wanted to mention was neuroception, because what we're getting is our cues of safety and danger. Neuroception is the way the nervous system receives these cues through three streams of awareness, through um, internal experience, so inside what's happening in your body, through the environment around you, and through the um, connection with another person, through nervous system to nervous system. And that awareness is always happening in the nervous system. So I say awareness, it really is not a, a thinking brain awareness. It's an embodied nervous system awareness, which is why Steve created that word neuroception, neuro for nervous system inception for awareness. It's the nervous system's way of, of listening. And what's happening again for, for most of us now is that we're being bombarded by cues of danger all the time. And we're seeking cues of safety. We're looking for where do I find the cues of safety? Because there has to be a balance in order for us to come to that place of ventral connection. You know, if, if the cues of danger outweigh the cues of safety, we are automatically going to be taken to one of those survival responses to mobilized action in sympathetic or immobilized collapse and dorsal. So we're, we're always working with that equation. I need to have my cues of safety outweigh the cues of danger. And so, again, we're seeing that played out every day. We, we feel it in our own lives as, as you listen to the news or the, you know, what you can and can't do. Changes day to day, cues of danger. And 
What we usually look for, for cues of safety, is we look for what this third organizing principle is. We look for co-regulation. We look for a connection to other human beings. That's, that's the way we're built. We're wired that way. And in this moment in time, it's become being around other human beings is all of a sudden acute danger. And so what we need in order to survive, we need human connection with other mammals, is also activating a survival response. It's not safe. So it's an odd sort of juxtaposition that we're in at the moment. Oh, that's so true. And yeah, and I mean, there's this isolation that so many people are feeling because they want and need to connect more with other people and can't in terms of, you know, the number of people you can surround yourself with. And I just think about people who I'm fortunate that, you know, if you say I'm quarantining, I mean, I go some places, but I don't, I don't go many places. And here in my house, I have my husband, my dog, and, you know, so I'm never alone, (laughs) very rarely. But um, so I think we're co-regulating each other, but it's, it's a foreign feeling to go outside to maybe go to the grocery store. And when someone comes near you, suddenly it feels like they're a threat. And, you know, for me, that's not the way I was operating before this all started. And now it's like, oh, the person's too close. What if they have it? I don't want to get it. And, you know, it just becomes this like either fear or anger. I'm seeing that so much in what other people are talking about, too, that, you know, and everything that you're seeing on the news, as you said, like, who's bad, who's good, who who's safe, who can you trust? You know, there's just so much of a sense of fear of other people, um, whether it's politically or uh, uh, down racial lines or, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, and the, we we move into a us versus them place as soon as we leave ventral. Again, ventral is the only place um, when we're in that state of safety and connection. That's the only place where we can look out and see another as a as a fellow human and have curiosity um, and compassion for that person. As soon as we leave ventral and go to sympathetic. Um, you who in ventral are my friend and I'm you know happy to be in connection with and, and enjoying the connection as soon as I go to sympathetic you're now dangerous to me the world's dangerous and filled with dangerous people not because I want it to be but because my biology takes me to that place my biology has taken me to a survival state and so it's not allowing me to see you as as friendly and safe right so that's what we see you know happening that that we have these divisions us them me you and then in dorsal if we get taken down to dorsal to that place of of, um, despair some flavor of disappearing then um, the world and the people in it don't aren't really even they're fuzzy they're they're foggy because I'm in a numb place, they don't really even exist. So again, I can't be curious about the world around me because in dorsal, I'm sort of untethered from it. It doesn't really exist. And in sympathetic, it's too dangerous. So we can see the, the, the necessity, the essential necessity of, of coming to ventral, being able to find our way there and, and anchor there for a bit. That's the only place that um, change can happen. Oh, goodness. So much change is needed. So much, 
so much less us and them is needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that's really the, the you know, when I'm in my work, the helping people befriend their nervous system and then shape it in new ways. You know, the, the, the overarching purpose is this is how we're going to change the world, right? One nervous system at a time, because as I come to Ventral and anchor there, and then I extend cues of welcome through my neuroceptive cues to you and your system picks that up and you come into connection, you can feel it rippling out into the world, right? Yeah. It's just astounding the different states that we can experience throughout a day and how when you're in each state, it feels like that's the only way, you know? So if you're in a fear place, it's like, no, the world's not safe. And if you're in a connected place, it's like, everything's fine. I'm I'm doing, you know, everything's going to be fine. And right. it's just amazing how that can shift. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And, it, and it's your biology. You know, we want, we want really, we want people to understand that it, this is not your, your um, brain mm-hmm. doing this. This is your biology. It's not that you want to be um you know, in danger or safe. It's that your biology gets these cues and takes you to a state where what emerges from that state is that story, right? The story of if the world is dangerous, then um, there are very few stories that I can enter into there. But if the world is safe or safe enough, I'm okay, not, you know, not blissful, wonderful, everything's in because that's a little hard in this day and age, but, yeah. uh, you know, the world, I'm safe enough that I'm okay. Then there are all sorts of possibilities and options that, that can come to life. Right? And that's the, again, the beauty of Ventral, that when you're in that place, there are possibilities you, you never would have thought of before. Things appear, stories come, opportunities. You, know, you begin to, to move in a different way, see things in a different way. Thank you for explaining that. And how can, I guess, probably what would be the most helpful to talk about, I think, is how can we shape our nervous system, as you mentioned, to stay more in ventral? Even, you know, is it possible during when there's a worldwide pandemic, there's social unrest, contested election, you know, is how can... Is it possible? And and can you give us any like tips? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is possible. And um, I can probably give you some tips, but I just wanted to start with, yes, it is. It is possible. And, you know, what, what I, what I want us to remember is that um, our nervous system um, has an inherent longing to be in that place of ventral connection. And I believe um, has an inherent knowing of how to get there. So whenever we're shaping our own systems or helping clients shape their systems, you know, I like to say we're just reminding the nervous system it knows the way, right? We don't have to create something brand new, right? We're just uncovering the pathways and then traveling them over and over so that those become our predictable pathways. So the nervous system knows the way, I call it home, knows the way home to ventral. And it's just our job to to keep traveling those pathways. And the shaping the nervous system is done by doing small things over and over. That's really the, the focus of the polyvagal exercises book. Because we don't shape our nervous system by going to therapy one hour a week and then doing nothing between, right? That's that's not how the nervous system works. The nervous system, you know, likes these, you know, continual connection and bringing ventral energy to the moment so that we can 
um, move in a different way. So the the work really becomes to do something in a session with a client or to experiment with one of these exercises and then to find a way to keep using it over and over and over and track how your nervous system is responding, right? And in you know, in the polyvagal exercises book there there I think there are fifty exercises your nervous system is not going to be attracted to all of those, right? So in each section, there are a bunch of different ways to shape the system um, to connect in certain, you know, through certain pathways. Because even when I was writing, it was like some of them I really loved and other ones were like, ooh, I have some clients that love this one. doesn't really work for my nervous system. So one of the things I would encourage, you know, all of your listeners to do is really pay attention to what your own nervous system is saying and honor what it's what it's telling you and, and you know when i started you know thinking about the pandemic in my inbox all the time i would get suggestions on five ways to survive you know today mm-hmm. 10 things to do to whatever and i would read them and i would think wow um one of those my nervous system says yes to the other ones no thank you right so whenever we're you know exploring exercises or you know, um, recommendations from other people. Listen to your own nervous system because your nervous system is going to let you know, oh, that one, that one's a yes. If it's a yes, then dive in. That one's a no. If it's a true no, then set it aside. You don't need it. If it's a maybe, experiment with it. So, you know, in the polyvagal exercises book, most people find lots of things they really enjoy doing and they can create some practices around that. And they find ones that they, you know, I get emails sometimes that say, I don't understand why you wrote this one. It doesn't work for me, right? So, yeah. and that's it. And that's lovely because every nervous system is going to have its own way of, of um, reshaping. Our job in the beginning is what I call befriending, right? It's the information gathering. It's the getting to know the nervous system, getting to know how does it, how does it function? How does it take me in and out of states? What do those states feel like? How do I know I'm in a state? And that's a, really the a lot of the beginning part of the exercises in in the in the new book is is the information gathering. You have to befriend, get to know. And I and I like to say when you make a friend, you don't just do one thing and then you have a friend, right? It, friendship takes tending, takes care. And so befriending the nervous system is is the same sort of experience, right? You you don't just turn towards it once and you're done, right? These are ongoing autonomic conversations that we're having all the time. You know, if we stopped right now and just tuned inside to our nervous system and, and sort of noticed what state am I in right now, where where am I, and listened for a moment, we, we would get some interesting information. And then we could do that again 10 minutes from now, and it'll be very different information. So it's this ongoing flow um, that we want to be able to um, be in, right, so that we can can listen when, when my nervous system take, begins to take into a survival response to be curious about, right? What just happened, right? What, what was the cue that took me to this place? Because then maybe I can reduce that cue or even resolve it. And the thing about the nervous system is it, it, we need to both reduce cues of danger or resolve them. In the world we're in today, probably reducing them is, is what we're, we're talking about. And we have to also actively experience cues of safety. 
right? So this is a both and. In order to come to well-being and anchor in that place of ventral, we need both. So it's not simply staying inside and staying away from people or wearing a mask all the time or any of those things that, that reduce the cues of danger. It's also what are the cues of safety that nourish my nervous system? Because I need both, right? And, and if we go back to my you know personal experience, I was reducing the cues of danger when I was home in Maine, you know, by having people help with with grocery delivery and, and not going out and you know taking care in all those ways, but I wasn't having an experience of the cues of safety, and so I could feel that I was moving more and more to my um, dorsal place, which is where I go when I'm feeling the the overwhelm of the world. And the more I was in dorsal, the, the more difficult it was to even notice any cues of safety around. And that's the loop that gets um, created. And probably people listening can, can identify with that, that loop that the more you get into a survival state, the less able you are to feel the connection or even know that there's a cue of safety that's being offered to you. So interrupting that is is sort of the the second step we befriend but then we track so that we know where we are and then we can begin to interrupt and shape in a different way so it's a it's a lovely process of um, sort of deepening into this um, connection with my nervous system listening and then having some ways that i could offer my nervous system um, to get out of this place of um, either danger or disappearing that i've found my, myself in so so that's you know that's really how the book came about was that clients were doing some lovely work in sessions but they were saying so what can i do between right because people really want to know that they are actively engaging in this work right and especially now when, when everything seems to be out of our hands and out of control it's lovely to have you know, some practices that you can turn to every day. And you know, as you're doing them, you are shaping your nervous system towards more health and well-being, right? Physical health and psychological. So you know, I've discovered from my clients is, is they really do love to um, have what we call it home play, you know, these, these home play um, <laughs> Not homework, home play. Yeah, my colleague Amber Gray created that term home play, which and she allows me to use it. I love that because homework can can be a cue of danger, right? Right. If you say, oh, what's my homework? It can feel, oh, no, too much. But home play is like, oh, okay, maybe, right? So home play. And, you know, when you have a home play assignment that, that invites you to just be with, you know, just to just to get to know. Um, it's a lovely beginning, right? It's a lovely beginning to, to get to know. And then, then, you know, you had asked, so what do we do to shape, right? So one of my favorite um, exercises from polyvagal exercises is the ventral vagal anchors uh, that I think um, is, is so um, universally helpful. And it simply is um, finding a who, a what, a where, and a when that um, brings your ventral alive. You know, so we'd start with who's a person in your life who, when you're around them, you feel that sense of safety and an invitation to connect, right? And we would identify one who, right? And for, for many of us, if people have been the dangers in our life, the who might be a pet, like you have a dog. You know, your your dog is one of your who, who's, I imagine, right? Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So we find these who's, these mammal who, who's, 
And then, you know, we had, and I would say that once we found a, a living, breathing mammal that we identify as a who, we also have um, um, ancestors. We have spiritual beings, spiritual figures. We have all sorts of other who's that we also feel that connection with. I just like um, in the beginning to have it be a, a living, breathing other nervous system that we can feel that connection with. So it's a who and then a what is a very simple thing that you do, that when you do it, you feel that moment, even a micro moment of safety and connection, right? And for many of us, it has something to do with nature because nature is pretty predictably activating about. You know, I can just look out the window and there's a, a micro moment of a reminder of ventral. So you find a what and then a what, where, right? Where's a place in your world where you feel that that welcome, that place that feels safe, safe and connected. The where has been challenging for people recently because many of our wares are no longer accessible to us, right? Yeah. I lived in, in you know, when I was still in Maine, the beach was my where always. And um, for um, several months, my where was not available to me because the beach and the roads to the beach were closed. So, you know, you, we're looking for wares all the time. You know, the other day, a colleague said her, her client could not identify a where. He came back the next week and he said he made a where. He made a where in a corner of his house, right? So a, a, a simple place where you feel safe and okay. And then the when. When's a moment, a predictably reoccurring moment when you feel a, a bit of a micro moment of ventral. And I really like to emphasize micro moment. These are not long extended periods of being and feeling safe, connected, okay. These are micro moments. That's all we need. And so, you know, when is your, your micro moment? And you know, people who know me know that my my um, my when is very early in the morning. I'm an early morning person. So I call it my before the world wakes up moment, right? Mm. And that's when. So every morning I, you know, I connect to this when that's an anchor. So, you know, it's just an easy way to sort of begin to get to know your nervous system and your nervous system will let you know, here are these four categories and here is something in each that you can count on that will bring you that micro moment of safety and connection. So that's that's one that I love and, and um, clients seem to really, they're able to do that one. Right. It's it's not too big a stretch for their nervous system. It's it's a lovely sort of, and then it's a resource. Right. Then you go practice. You've created your anchors. Okay. So every day, grab an anchor. Right. See what happens. The more we grab our anchors, the more our nervous system is reminded. Oh, I know how to get to ventral. Right. So in those moments when we feel a, a big challenge to our nervous system, we've already reminded the nervous system it knows the way home to ventral, and it's going to more easily find its way there. That's a beautiful example and very simple. I really appreciate that. And I'm wondering, just for clarification. Can it be to envision that place, or do you have to like see? Yeah, no, yeah, no. You can you once it's already been wired into your system. So I'd like it to be a place you, you already have actually been at, like the beach for you, like the beach for me. And now the beach can still be my anchor because I can envision it. Because now I, like, I'm 16 hours away from my beach now, but I can bring the beach alive in my. In my um, in my mind, in my imagination, I can hear it. Right, I, I just um, bought a candle that has a sort of a salty beach smell. I can smell it. Right, so I can bring it alive in those ways. In its in its first iteration, we want it to be something you've actually 
experience because then it's just you're reminding your nervous system you've had this experience right it's it's not imaginary we're not making it up you've had this experience it's wired into your biology you're just bringing it alive again yeah thank you for explaining that and then i have another question about that which is i don't want to be controversial but i'm just wondering like what if what if the shutdown is where you feel safe? Like, so you're not in ventral, but that feels safe, you know? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I get this, this question a lot and it's, it's a fascinating one to tease out with, with somebody because dorsal, that, that place of um, collapse, shutdown, disconnect, right? Um, I call it some flavor of disappearing because I'm sort of become invisible. And it, it, we can see it as a um, relief from the overwhelming sympathetic energy, right? So it, you're rescued from the sympathetic overwhelm in that disorganized, chaotic world. So in that way, it's a relief from that, but it doesn't nurture your nervous system. So we want to discern the difference between an escape or a rescue from sympathetic and the feeling of being um, safe and filled because that rescue is still draining your system. It's not filling your system. Ventral fills, right? The the dorsal rescue from the overwhelm, get me out of here, it is needed in the moment and gets us out of that that, um, place that feels um, unmanageable, but it doesn't fill us. Yeah, I think I'm understanding that the distinction you're making. And I think like I was thinking about what if, you know, for you, you said, um, you, when is this time before everyone wakes up to me? I don't want to, I don't like being awake that early. So (laughs) when I think about, you know, when I wake up and I'm in bed, I feel so comfortable and good and, you know, just, Mm -hmm. it's not hiding. It's safely nestled, relaxed, Yes. Comfortable, curious, open, you know? That's a beautiful central moment, yes. And then if you, you know, go to bed and and pull up the covers to escape. Right. Which I could also, sometimes it would be like, I'd rather, Mm -hmm. I can't handle anything. I just wish I could get in bed and pull the covers over my head. But that's not the same feeling at all. Exactly. Yeah. It's a a necessary survival um, response sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so we want to honor the the wisdom of the nervous system in, in bringing you that. And we want to feel the difference between waking up and feeling nestled and cozy and, and you know, wanting to stay there because of that and um, feeling, um, wanting to stay under the covers because the world's too much. Thank you. Because, you know, like I think intellectually, I, I know slash knew that before asking, but when I, I think sometimes I, I think, this isn't just me and in our culture, it's common, but that we judge resting as, you know, like being shut down or being lazy or something when, you know, it's just, it's restorative and nourishing for our bodies. But, you know, there's, there's like this, and then there's this way of judging whatever state of our polyvagal system we're in too. Like, you know, ventral is what we want because that's right. Right. You know, and it, it, and I want to, I want, I thank you for bringing that up because I do want to say none of us can stay in ventral all the time, nor is that the, the um, goal we're reaching, mm-hmm. right? The, the distress, the suffering comes when we get pulled out of ventral into one of the survival states and get stuck there, right? It, it's not that we get pulled out. We get pulled out for, for, you know, good reason. 
And it's when we get stuck there. And that's the experience of, of many of our clients and of many of us recently in this time we're going through is that yeah. we get them to survive when we can't find our way home to control. So, you know, it's it's in the knowing that I've left and knowing that I have pathways home that brings um, resilience, right? A flexible nervous system is a resilient system, right? And so that's what we're really looking for. And the other thing I want to say is that, you know, the nervous system doesn't make um, moral meaning out of where it takes us. It doesn't assign motivation, right? We humans do that. Our brains do that. But the nervous system is simply enacting a response in response to the cues of safety and danger. It's feeling um, in those three pathways, inside, outside, between. So if we can stay out of that, that judgment and just stay in, curiosity then you know we we can we can shape our system right again that's so helpful i love the way you speak about this it's just so gentle and clear and i am really really grateful for you what you're doing is so important oh my gosh i just can't even overstate it thank you Well, Deb, it's been a joy to have you back on Therapy Chat today. I think that you've given, I think, some hopeful information that I hope will help everyone who's listening. I I, I hope so. Hope hope is, is, again, hope is an emergent property of ventral and hope is what I um, hold on to, right? I anchor in ventral and I feel that hope and you know, in, in, in my first book, I wrote that my favorite word is yet. So we'll just, you know, talk about that again for a, for a moment. Just put yet on the end of a sentence, right? You know, I can't find my way to safety and connection yet, right? I, I can't get out of the survival response yet. I can't see the way forward yet, right? Because we're all in that yet together. And, and um, we're, we will find our way. We will find our way to those micro moments of ventral and those micro moments begin to, to accumulate and sooner um, or later your nervous system begins to respond in a new way because of those accumulated micro moments of ventral. That's beautiful. And that is so hopeful. And I really appreciate that. So Deb, I know that we can get your books on Amazon, but where can people find everything you're doing? Of course, not just Amazon, but any any <laughs> place that books are sold. But um, where where can people find what you're doing if they want consultation with you or they want to see videos of you or things like that? Yeah, if you go to my website, which is rhythmofregulation.com, um, lots of lots of stuff there. Podcasts like this one. Um, interviews, YouTubes, all sorts of things there, and a list of all the workshops and trainings that that uh, I'm doing, which nowadays anybody in the world can come to because they're all online. <laughs> That's definitely an unintended positive consequence. It of- is, and I've heard that from a lot of colleagues. It says, wow, it opens up the ability to to take trainings that, that we didn't have before. So yeah, I'm, I'm holding on to that one. That's a hopeful one too. Yeah. Mm. So much hope in everything you've shared. And I really, really appreciate you. Once again, I'll just thank you for being my guest. Thank you so much. It has been a real delight to, to be with you and to continue our conversation. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today.
With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today.